It's the economy, stupid, as the famous saying goes. And of course, there's a lot of economic news that myself and Tim Pichot will be discussing in this particular video. And of course, a lot of it is related to the crisis that the world is in. And we're getting very sensational hyperbolic headlines like this. Europe, big economies brace for sharpest drop since World War II. And another one here. Coronavirus could spark the deepest economic recession of our lifetime, with global trade down by a third in 2020. So yeah, things are definitely very interesting. But in this video, we're going to be taking a look at a lot of the international stuff, but as well as a lot of the uh, domestic stuff that's kind of absolutely ridiculous. Now, internationally, we also have the latest news that Iran is pleading, begging, for a $5 billion IMF, most likely predatory loan, as of course their situation has worsened as their death toll is rising and their country is having a very hard time dealing with, of course, the coronavirus. Again, Iran also, by the way, doesn't have 5G, so I uh, just wanted to pinpoint that out for all the people, individual, all the individuals out there who are questioning that. So what's happening in Iran, in, in Iran is definitely devastating. Uh, the situation there has turned really bad, and in large part, mainly also because of U.S. sanctions against the country that has essentially closed it off to the entire world. And now they're literally going to the IMF, which again, doesn't have the best reputation at all, especially with their behavior towards third world countries. And now the United States is even potentially going to block that, according to many experts. So internationally, the situation in Iran has worsened. And of course, the situation is worsening all around and it's not being made better by government. As of course, we have another headline here, how the Chicago mayor just signed an executive order allowing illegal immigrants access to virus relief funds. Now, of course, some people are, um, are cheerleading this move. Some people are very happy about this move. But again, we have to understand here, when big cities like Chicago and New York City entice illegal immigrants, refugees, as they, you know, as they call them, uh, what they're essentially enticing is slave labor for the elites. Uh, one of the main reasons a lot of people go to these cities is because these city governments incentivize them to come there and then they work undocumented under the books for essentially pennies on the dollar in crap conditions, ultimately serving the very establishment limousine liberal rich. Now, of course, this is why also the Koch brothers are big supporters of open borders and immigration. And now during this difficult time, this basic you know, funds that are provided to people will now have to be spread even thinner to uh, people who don't pay taxes. Now, what happens when you have that again, taxes, not a fan of taxes, by the by the way, the, the, the economic system is running, there shouldn't be any taxes anyway, because it's all made up uh, malarkey uh, crap anyway. But 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 looking at the way that things have been unfolding in major cities, cities over promise services to people and now especially illegal immigrants making themselves sanctuary cities. And because they promised them all these free things and have bureaucratic middlemen providing horrible services for people, then what's going to happen? These cities are indebted and they have to raise taxes and they raise a lot of taxes. And still these cities are indebted to billions of dollars and they can't get out of it. And with actions like this, 
again, I'm not here to judge if this is good or bad, but uh, again, this is just the continuing of the destruction of big inner cities because of just idiotic policies that essentially shoot everyone in the foot. And to continue that, we also have very similar news of what Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer are calling for with yet news of another bailout. Tim, you were reading this one. What's the latest with that? Yeah, thanks, Luke. And so uh, no surprise that Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi want to have their own little, uh, you know, pork being thrown into, uh, into this bill. So blocking Donald Trump's path as usual are Pelosi and Schumer who say they will approve Trump's request as long as 125 billion of that is diverted to community-based institutions that serve farmers, families, women, minorities, and veterans. Which uh, surprised we have veterans in there because usually, uh, you know, those are evil white guys, so usually they don't throw them into the mix. They say they will approve the 250 billion in assistance to small businesses, but want 125 billion of that channeled through community-based financial institutions that serve farmers, families, women's blah 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 blah. And I don't know why they listed that sentence twice in a row. And then they also want to increase food stamps by 15. Percent and so uh, yeah and so but the other crazy thing that's going on is that not only are we talking about this bill that's going on that they're that they're that we're discussing right now now we're talking about an even bigger an even bolder plan of what's going on so we've got a Trump uh, tweet from Donald Trump where he talks about you know it should be very big and bold two trillion dollars and be focused solely on jobs rebuilding the once great infrastructure of our country and so they wanted to initially have they being Nancy Pelosi wanted a one trillion dollar bill and Donald Trump goes. No, 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 no. $1 trillion, that's not big enough. That's not bold enough. That's not huge enough. We need to go two trillion. So now you've got Donald Trump outspending the Democrats. Yeah. Because and it's important to know, I'm sorry to cut you off, Tim. A lot of the progressives are loving Donald Trump's policies. A lot of the establishment Democrats are angry at it because it's too progressive. So that, that's another key point to understand here. Go ahead. Yeah, no. And I mean, then especially in the last video, we talked about Joe Biden. I mean, I think Trump has probably done and probably been a friend to more black people than Joe Biden. I mean, what was Joe Biden doing? He was signing the 94 crime bill, helping get lots of minorities into jail. And then now he's probably going to pick Kamala Harris, who was, uh, you know, the one over there, you know, helping, you know, get her own people into jail as well. Whereas Donald Trump was getting awards by the NAACP and was hanging out with a lot of, uh, you know, prolific people in the black community. But now that, uh, you know, he's, you know, the evil guy that has an R next to his name, even though it wasn't too long ago that he had a D next to his name, the whole thing's a joke anyways, you know, whether Republican or Democrat, uh, even the Libertarian Party to uh, a lot of extent, I think is a joke as well. So, uh, so I'm not pulling any punches anywhere. And speaking of not pulling any punches we got Raul Pal so not not talking about RuPaul or Ron Paul or Rand it's yeah so Raul Pal pulls no punches in latest interview so he is a former uh Goldman Sachs uh manager but now he's you know pretty big into crypto and thinks a lot along the same lines as us so you know some good people every now and then I guess can sneak in over there at Goldman temporarily but he says listen this is the biggest economic event of our lifetimes and it's coming he said and that was in retrospect the greatest call I've ever had and that he sees this COVID-19 will cause the largest insolvency event in all of history and that the imbalance that the balance of probabilities are that this is a much longer event in terms of economic impacts than anybody is pricing in. He said, I think it's a huge societal change that's coming from all of this. And right now, not investment advice, but this is how he is positioned. 25% Bitcoin, 25% gold, 25% cash. Then he's doing 25% into trading opportunities. And he thinks that we've got another 20% or downside uh, left and that it might take you know at least three or four months of this before we can uh, you know bounce back up. And then it finally goes on to say, 
for the average guy. This is a very, very, very difficult world we're going into, and I can't sugarcoat it because there is no nice answer. Now, speaking of people that have made uh, you know pretty famous prognostications in the past, we've got Michael Big Short Burry blasts unjustifiable lockdowns as most devastating economic force in history. And I would you know be interested to see you know Luke's take on uh, you know the lockdowns and whether or not you know that you're in favor of that or not because uh, Michael Berry thinks that it was a devastating force. I think is a devastating force that you know that people should really you know use their own discretion and that the government shouldn't stop yeah. them from going out. Well, there, well, there's a lot of things to weigh in on that, and it's a very hard kind of decision to say definitively this or that is the right choice. I just did a video on the main channel where I talked about a scientific study of the numbers of cancer mortality spiking up directly related to the 2008 financial crisis. Again, when we look at the 2008 financial crisis, highway robbery of the people, pretty much usurping uh, our funds, our money to the people who caused the crisis and giving them a bonus because of it. That's essentially the major part of what happened. The little person, the middle class person gets screwed over while everyone else in the 0.01% profits off of it. So when we look at that, when we look at the uh, economic effects and, and the depression effects, and exactly how it correlates with the increase of stress, the increase of cancer, the increase of people committing suicide. That's something that, again, we don't know the definitive numbers of. Now, when we look at what we're dealing with right now with this new sickness that could very likely come from a bioweapons lab that we still don't know the full ramifications of, that still, according to some studies, 14 to 17 percent people get again. Uh, when we look at the devastating effects that it has on people with obesity, with diabetes, with other uh, common, very common, more common than you could think, uh, ailments, and the mortality rate, we're still dealing with something that we don't know much about. So there is no definitive answer, but I'm going to be doing particular research on have we been able to flatten the curve? Has the curve been officially flattened? I'm doing homework on that right now. Is this storm over? Is this storm going to come back again? Or is it just the beginning? Is it because the, the quarantining stay at home worked? Or is it because this is not as severe of a medical threat as people made it out to be because we look at the numbers they are lower than the projections but is that because of the quarantines or is that because of just you know the virus not being strong enough that's what i'm studying and looking at right now and i'm going to do a full research uh video on that very soon either on this channel or the back or, or the main we are change channel so as far as like a definitive answer it's very hard to give you one Say but it. we have to weigh two bad scenarios it's like you know a train's coming full force and you have to either make it go on the left track which is going to destroy a bunch of people economically or on the right track and it's going to destroy a, a bunch of people medically uh, but i think there's a middle ground that could be reached but it has to be reached by looking cohesively at all the data and the government hasn't been doing that effectively the government has been extremely backwards they've been rewarding bad behavior they've been doing just asinine backwards things so again my whole answer to this is this is this is the way to answer this question that, that I'm going to be happy about doing is to be self-reliant to be responsible for yourself and to be courteous to your fellow family members to your brothers and sisters and to you know take small preventative measures wear masks it hides you from the surveillance state as well but to be conscious and respecting of everyone around you that's what I would ask and I would ask people to of course before we find out all the information to you know take this seriously that's my take on it because it's it's better to be safer than sorry but the most important aspect is radical self-reliance 
radical self-reliance, radical self-reliance. You don't know what that is. It's a major yeah. principle of even the Burning Man hippie community. I talked about it a little bit also on today's video, but that is my kind of full answer to uh, that direct question. What do you think, Tim? Well, you know, I think, you know, it's, it's important that, you know, we're just not up here to say, you know, uh, you know, being yes man for each other. Cause I, you know, for me, I, I do agree, obviously with the radical self-reliance, you know, portion of this. And I think it's, you know, it's very important. I mean, it's like, for instance, I already had sterile food that I've had for years. I already have all the masks that I bought like six years ago. I already have a lot of this, this these different things. And I'm not even wearing a mask. I mean, I wore a mask a little bit when I flew back from Anarchapoco just on the, uh, just in the international side of the airport. But, you know, I see people walking around my area, which is more rural and they're walking outside and they're 10 feet apart and they've got masks on. And to me, I think that's ridiculous. And I don't think that you should have, you know, the government going, you know, and taking, you know, 33 year old dads who are out there, you know, yeah. playing baseball with their kids. Okay. Okay. It's, to me, it's definitely not ridiculous to wear a mask. I think it's smart to wear a mask because look at what Asian countries have been able to do with the influenza, with the flu. They've been able to totally wipe it out. It's not a major issue there because it's customary. It's culturally acceptable to wear masks. Now, should police officers be arresting people for driving in their cars or being in nature? Hell no. Uh, but we need a legitimate smart middle ground to approach this. That's my opinion. That's what I've been fighting for. And if you're not wearing a mask, again, this thing, according to some studies, lives in the air for 30 minutes to three hours. You could help prevent the spread of this. You could help prevent making this entire crisis worse by simply wearing a stupid freaking mask. It doesn't hurt you, but it's customary and, and, and culturally acceptable in Asia, but also just something that, that is nice to do to the people who don't have the best immune systems to to the people who are elderly and and it's something courteous that I think we should have more of and it I, yeah. I, and I think it's common sense I don't think it's ridiculous so well I mean I think right. there's also I think there's also you know different degrees of it and so so I you know if I was walking around in New York City or Chicago or a major area or even downtown Phoenix I mean that might be a different situation but you know I'm out here sort of like at the very far end of as far away as you can get from civilization while still technically being in Phoenix and so I feel pretty safe just walking around a I think I already had the coronavirus to start the year off in, in January. But, but so. also, just another thing to add here, there's there's a new study showing that 80% of the people who got this in Italy got it from people who had it and didn't know they had had it. And the spread of this is still unknown. It could be a bioweapon. That's the big aspect here. There's still a lot of unknowns. The And again, people are like, oh, it's only the older elderly. There's also young people getting this and having permanent lung damage and permanent organ damage that they're never going to heal from ever in their lives. And they're going to die quicker of because of that so and there's also other people a lot of them a lot more than we probably even know of get this thing don't even know it don't even yeah, care i mean, I, I, mean I, I i had a hard time breathing for about two months where i was really labored breathing and i'm for people that don't know i've done uh between half ironmans and full ironmans i've done seven ironman triathlons was doing triathlon for 10 years prior to that I was almost an all-american swimmer very good cardio shape and i was having i was even winded uh just doing regular things and uh you know if anyone checks out my facebook feed right from the beginning of the year i you know go on about how this is the strangest illness i ever had and, and this is it, it didn't hit me that hard but anyways we've gotten away from you know a little bit away from the financial stuff but the guy that predicted the big short is thinking that you know the the disease uh basically that what we're how they, how we're responding to this is way worse than uh you know in terms of like all the money printing is way worse than actually the disease itself. I can't say I disagree with that. Uh, now we've got an article from- Well, Washington yeah, yeah, Earth. the economic effects. I've been saying from the very beginning, hey, yeah. take this seriously before it becomes a major crisis because when it becomes a major crisis, the government will come in and rob everyone and there 
will be economic devastation and calamity that we never saw before. And the economy is the biggest impact that we're going to be seeing here. And that's exactly what we're seeing. Uh, and we're seeing, you know, the poor person, the middle class person eviscerated the other people, Walmart, Amazon, the 0.1%. They're being, you know, they're benefiting off of this. The people who bought their stocks back in the airline industry, they're being, again, benefited by this uh, while everyone else is just screwed, stuck at home with, with the boot you know like freaking police officers freaking arresting people putting them in handcuffs for walking in nature and that's absolutely backwards and asinine and needs to be pushed back on because again a thousand dollar fine for watching the sunset by yourself in a park no 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 that's absolutely ridiculous and at this point it looks like the government is pushing the limit to see just how far they could get away with when it comes to well, destroying our basic rights and that's something that needs to be called out because it's stupid it's asinine if you're driving in a car you're not affecting anyone again but, but Tim, strongly disagree with you. I don't care if you think it's ridiculous. Uh, it's not hurting you. It's, but, it, but it could prevent a lot of pain and suffering if you just wear that stupid mask. Well, first, so off, totally I, I, first off, I hardly ever even go anywhere. So, I mean, I work yeah. from home. But even if you I, do, so, still. But still, you know, yeah, I, I, think, I would just say. Yeah, I think I don't think I've gone to a Walmart. I've gone and like picked up some food like a mile from my house where there was no one like basically even there. But yeah, aside from that, yeah. So it's just you know it's good that we're having you know there's differing opinions on this. I think we are in agreement that the that the government is using this as a new 9/11 to push down a police state. And for me, you know, it's going to be the digital dollar tied to social credit, tied to oh vaccine permission travels. And when you've got the richest guy in the world, or I guess not not Bill Gates, one of the richest uh, that we know about at least, pushing this. Oh well, you can't even travel. You have a vaccine. I mean, that's terrifying. And uh, you know what else is terrifying here? We take a look on screen. Nearly a third of U.S. renters didn't pay their April rent. And so, I mean, obviously, that's a you know, if this you know lasts you know a little bit longer, we could see this uh, you know really start to have some major major effects. It's already having major yeah record major effects. numbers of people asking for mortgage forgiveness as well. So the housing market is also going to be that's, very affected by this, as a lot of people are going to be losing their houses or selling their houses soon as well. So that's perfect because Luke and I did not actually uh, besides the first articles we didn't talk about anything i was going to share and the very next article we have on screen is request to delay mortgage payments jumped nearly two thousand percent as borrowers borrowers seek relief during coronavirus outbreak so it's it's amazing how we're on the same page with that one exactly reading my mind uh and it looks like there's some breaking news from the fed minutes release from meeting where it took rates to zero i'm actually just reading my screen right now in real time right here uh so it would be interesting to you know read those meetings meeting minutes we see the dow jumps uh, 600 points after bernie sanders drops out of the presidential race. Uh, and then here comes the second wave. Wuhan lockdown ends and tens of thousands are about to flee the city. So, uh, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens there. I don't know if Luke has got some commentary, uh, you know, what you think is going to be going down now that, uh, you know, everyone from Wuhan is going to be fleeing. I mean, do you have any, uh, have you, have you heard of that or, you know. Well, again, there's still so many unknowns and the data is so conflicting from what we're getting in China. Again, China is also reporting no new new debts. And as someone pointed out on Twitter, they also didn't report any debts with uh, Tiananmen Square. <laughs> and then that's also another point here that people need to realize here. The information and data coming from China should always be officially questioned and seen very skeptically, as well as any information from the Fed. That's another uh, aspect in itself. But when we really see everything, we're seeing kind of a flattening of the curve. What we're seeing in China, though, still unknown, because when we look at herd immunity, we need about... 80% of the population to get this, and then that's how you build herd immunity. But uh, when we look at China and their official numbers, 
they had about 0.2% of the population get this officially by their numbers. I think even a lower number than that. So don't quote me directly on this. But uh, everything that China is saying absolutely makes no sense. This is why I rather, you know, be more cautious here. This is why I rather take this more seriously, be seriously here, because we still don't know a lot about it. We know a lot of people are coming out and saying that the Chinese government is lying, that there's a lot more urns filled with their loved ones' ashes, that there's mass graves and burials. Um, so as, as, of course, people are, are fleeing that city because they're afraid of being quarantined again. And many people are warning that this virus could also come back in a second wave. And by looking at some of the preliminary data about how many people actually caught this, uh, that, that could be a, a very big possibility. So Yeah, the government virus, unfortunately, is coming back in its fourth wave in terms of new bills they're trying to push ram down our throats uh but yeah i mean i think we're on the same page you know with a lot of stuff but you know for me unfortunately the average american is way overweight they don't take anywhere near the amount of vitamins and nutrients and uh you know and so they're they're really prime they're stressed out and these stressors are then going to make them you know more susceptible to having this but uh you know some wrapping up some of the financial news here we've got COVID-19 and the looming collapse of Europe's single currency. And so, you know, I do think that that is a, you know, a big, uh, you know, threat. Now that currency, I mean, if you ask the average person, you know, this goes back to, uh, you know, Bilderberg of the 1956 Bilderberg of when they, you know, basically created the Euro. And then if you had asked anybody back then or anyone even in the eighties or late nineties, uh, especially if you ask like Paul Krugman, who didn't even think the internet would be a thing, but, uh, you don't ask anyone back then. And the average person had no idea that by having this trade agreement that it would basically bind them all economically now they're talking about europe european bonds which would it would bond them together even uh more inextricably the germans have always been against this now the germans are for this uh we see the dow jones right now it's yeah we saw before it was up 600 now it's up 540 has some real quick uh bitcoin news to uh to go over here so tim draper pandemic could be tipping point for bitcoin he goes on to say they are all printing money and trying to get the economy back after they basically tanked it. He said they're going to flood it with a bunch of money and that is going to be worth less and less and less. Yes, that is something we've been saying for a very long time. And this is going to be a really interesting time where people say, well, why don't I just have Bitcoin? I know there's only going to be 21 million of them and we don't have to worry about whether a government is diluting their currency by printing tons of it. We can just instead use a currency we all agreed on. And it's all part of the economy and it's all frictionless and open, transparent and global. Then goes on to say, it doesn't matter whether you are from the US, China or Russia or India or Europe or wherever, we are an open world and the geographic borders are going to mean less and less and less. I think that's something uh, Luke and I definitely agree on. And then here's another interesting aspect of crypto is that blockchain traceability overtakes payments among major corporations. So what this is basically in layman's terms is saying that the companies want to use blockchain so then that way they can uh, basically, you know, track their different uh, you know products throughout their different supply chains, not necessarily to pay people. So I think that is an important part. We've got a UFC fighter, I believe his name is Ben Askren. Let me see over here. So we've got the Twitter handle at Ben Askren. And he changed his name to Bitcoin Havening May 13th on Twitter. Not changed the name. I don't know. I don't, I don't use Twitter. So I'm not sure exactly how that works. So 630,000, the Havening will reduce the block reward from 12 and a half Bitcoin down to 6.25 Bitcoin. This is something that we'll probably eventually just do a whole video on. Uh, not going to get into that. Basically, the long long story short, the every time a Bitcoin is uh, basically somebody wins, uh, you know, uh, basically finds a 
you know, the, the block reward right now is 12 and a half Bitcoin. It's going to be cut in half down to 6.25 Bitcoin, which should create more scarcity. However, if everybody knows something is going to happen, then it doesn't necessarily mean, uh, you know, the price is going to go up, but eventually on a long enough time horizon, I would think that, but not financial advice. Uh, talk to your own financial advisor. If you don't have one, uh, hit me up. Uh, last one is Max Kaiser selling Bitcoin now for fiat debt coupons should be a crime. For those who don't know, Max Kaiser got into Bitcoin very early. He was one of the first people besides, uh, you know, Jeff Berwick promoting this from way back uh way back in like 2010 2011 you told me stuff. about bitcoin way back when yeah 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 so there you go some more proof of it and then as we go on to say i don't want to be dramatic but this is a global reset in the financial system he told uh coming after he said this was a massive scrambling for power by governments and central banks taxpayers are then forced to rely on fiat money well fiat money will eventually pay the price and then this is simon dixon he goes on to say i think we're going to see a real attack from central banks on traditional banks as we inevitably experience the ginormous consequences of essentially the world's largest regulated ponzi scheme then after coronavirus a horrible version of fiat currency which then will go create some sort of neo-feudalism and that has been one of the main points i've been talking about about bitcoin and cryptocurrencies right from day one not necessarily bitcoin but what they're going to have is some goldman sachs government sachs.gov coin where they're going to trade track and trace you this was already in the first coronavirus bill end up getting scrubbed this is all a trial balloon we talked about it many times they're going to tie it to social credit tie it to the vaccines tie it to everything else and if they've got your money they've got you, they've got everything else and that's why lord uh, rothschild said i care not who controlled the law I only care about who controls the money and I control the money. Obviously, I'm pointing to me, but I'm not the one controlling the money over here. You control control the money. And the bigger point is not what we have some you know mandate to get on this currency or that currency. I think the bigger issue to me is that we should just legalize freedom, legalize all currencies, and I should have the ability to pay in whatever currency I want to be able to pay in. And you know, that's a rap. Why you know, Tim where we could just print money all we want and just like go 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 like this and just oh, like no, oh, no, say, no. F it, screw it. Yeah, stop your, oh, your oh, stupid, yeah. well, ridiculous, well, you sovereign you idea. Don't get to you, Tim. Well, you, blew, you blew your watch. Well, I got another one. So, Trump dollar dollar bill is coming at you. But uh, yeah, that's probably a good. That's probably a good place to end it. We didn't actually. Uh, we didn't uh, script that. Uh, you guys might not believe that, but that wasn't scripted. But yeah, it's probably a good place to end it. We'll have more coming up on change the news. I didn't ask Luke if I could end this right, but he's messed up my name enough times that I'm going to take us out from here. So thank you guys for watching change the news channel. Also, we do have a podcast that is available. So we will try to link that into the description. And within a week or two, it should be on all the major platforms, uh, you know, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, you know, Google Play, so on and so forth. Anyways, thank you for hanging. Change the news channel. Thank you guys. Take care. Bye.